0: This is a raw copy of the interview of Alvita King on racism and abortion. Alvita recorded this from her phone, and we experienced her audio not recording for a few seconds on a few parts of this interview. So, when there is no audio and the recording is silent, that is because this is a raw recording of the interview, and I didn't want to tighten it up, giving the illusion that Alvita said something differently than what she actually said, meaning. When the audio goes silent, she probably did say something there, but the recording did not capture it. Welcome to the Pro-Life Team podcast. I'm Jacob Barr, and I'm with Alvita King. And today, I'm going to be asking Alvita King questions about abortion and racism. So, so Alvita, I'm glad to have you on the Pro-Life Team podcast to work essentially to go through these questions for the museum exhibit on abortion and racism. Would you start us off by sharing a little bit about who you are, your background, and what led you to the subject of abortion?
1: I'm so grateful to join you, your viewers, and your listeners today. Technology is amazing, isn't it? So to answer your question, I'm 73 years old. My 73rd birthday is in January 2024. But I count the nine months in my mother's womb. So I think I was predestined or preordained or certainly in my mom's womb to end up being a voice for life for the womb, the tomb and beyond. My grandfather, mom wanted a DNC in 1950 because she was a college student with a beautiful scholarship and all of that. Uh, She was pregnant. So she and my dad, my granddaddy said no, You can't abort that little baby. A DNC is what they're telling you, but it will take the life of that little girl. My grandfather always said that he saw me in a dream three years before I was born, and he described me. So I would say that was a prophetic ultrasound. And then many years later, after I had abortions and miscarriage because of damage to my body from the abortions, I became a born-again Christian in 1983. And at that time, after repenting for my sins, I became a voice for the life for what today is from the womb to the tomb and beyond. So we support all aspects of human dignity and human life. So that's who I am. I'm the daughter of Reverend Alfred Daniel Williams King a civil rights leader who was slain after his brother Martin Luther King Jr. They were both killed in the movement. And Naomi King, who is an ambassador for God's peace and love today. She's 91 years old. So that's a little bit about me.
0: Awesome. Thank you for sharing. What are your thoughts on when it comes to, do you think minorities in America are mostly pro-choice, pro-life, undecided, or something else?
1: What we're finding out, and you can find me at albedaking.com, and I have a newsletter, a monthly newsletter, a few press releases. So uh, here we are in September. We've got something called Congressional Black Caucus uh, Week or something. I'll be in Washington, D.C. during the month of September, uh, proclaiming life and liberty and the pursuit of happiness for human dignity. Now, to answer your question, we, it depends on the poll and how you frame the question. So if you ask a question, does a woman have a right to choose with her own body? Well, she'll say yes. And uh, it could be framed by people who support abortion in asking that question. So people may have something that would say, oh, more people think a woman has a right to abort because we ask her, does she have a right to choose with her body? So it depends on how those questions are asked. But fair questions will usually reveal that most people one don't understand what an abortion is and what it looks like and they did not know that abortion is available from the conception to nine months so most people when you begin to ask questions and to give them the picture of what abortion really is you will find that more people support life and human dignity than the number of people who support abortion on demand
0: that makes sense um So race and racism are politically charged ideas that candidates often use to drum up votes, motivate their base, and demonize political opponents. When race is combined with the topic of abortion, candidates can swing a lot of votes in their favor by saying the right thing about race and abortion. In your view, how can black voters avoid being taken for granted and stay principled enough to navigate through the rhetoric and manipulation.
1: When I was born again in 1983, that means I gave my life to Jesus Christ, not just going to church and saying Bible quotes and all of that. All that's important, but really sincerely realized that I needed help with my own life. One of the first things I said was a woman has a right to choose what she does with her body. The baby is not her body. Where is the lawyer for the baby? How can the dream survive if we murder our children? So I begin to ask that question when I frame it that way. I say a woman really has the right to choose what she does with her body. The baby's in her body for nine months like a slave on a plantation many years ago before slavery was abolished to a certain extent. Cause we have slavery with human trafficking today in the 21st century but uh, a slave couldn't say i want to live i want to die i want to be sold i want to have parts of my body chopped off i want to be lynched a, a slave couldn't say i don't want to be hurt or i do want to be hurt it was up to the master to decide the baby has no auditable voice but if you see these three and four the uh, ultrasounds when the baby runs from the abortion uh, procedure up in the womb and tries to hide, when the baby waves, turns around and does flips, then you know, you're dealing with a human person with human dignity. And so the argument, the political argument about whose rights are more important the why the woman or the baby, that we really have to save them both. And then the father who has half of the DNA they're in that womb with the baby half the mothers and half the dads he doesn't get the way in or have a voice because everybody says, "Well, it's none of your business so when we really are honest with ourselves we're dealing with three human beings during a pregnancy certainly the woman is pregnant certainly the baby is in the womb and the dad is also present and that is a very uncomfortable truth and the political arguments over the human dignity of every person from the womb to the tomb and beyond.
0: Oh, very good. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, Some claim that black people and pregnant black women in particular typically receive unequal medical care. So pregnancy poses a higher risk for black women compared to other women. Is this true? And if so, would it help justify abortion choice
1: policy? Well, by definition, abortion really is not health care. It's death care because it kills a person. So health care is supposed to save a life, not take a life. So that's a little trickery involved there, saying that because women don't get enough black women specifically or maybe Latino women or underprivileged women or whatever label you want to put there. Don't get enough health care, so it's better to abort their child. Abortion kills a person. Sometimes it kills the mothers. The mothers bleed out, become septic, have uh, secondary ailments after it, they are sterilized. So many things happen to the mother, along with killing the baby most of the time. Of course, there are testimonies. Fred Hammond is a great one. You can find out how he ran from the abortionist scalpel several times, and his mother was unsuccessful in attempting to abort him. There are many others, um, Ms. Odom, different people. So, as abortion is not health care. We've been tricked into thinking. We want to give you health care. we are got to give you shots and pills not to get pregnant devices that if you get pregnant will give you a safe, legal, and rare abortion. None of that is true.
0: Excellent points. Yeah. So the next question I have is, so President Joe Biden on the campaign trail said, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for Joe Biden or Donald Trump, then you ain't black. Now, Biden was the Democrat (laughs) presidential candidate at the time and committed a pro-choicer at the time. What do you think of this quote? Was it just poorly worded, a bad joke, or perhaps it's perpetrating the idea that Black people feel a sense of duty to to support the pro-choice-slash-Democrat candidate?
1: Black people have been indoctrinated to support the principles and policies that really harm our community under the Democratic Party, under that banner. And you just mentioned, of course, abortion is one of the issues. Uh, Reproductive genocide, giving black women and men, the vasectomies to the men, and the abortions or the birth control to the women to be a credit to their race. Have fewer babies and you'll be more successful. That came out of the Birth Control League, uh, into Title X, Planned Parenthood, even Susan Coleman. A lot of them associated with each other. And so we became lab rats in experiments uh, and ending with genocide and eugenics for many decades. So a lot of people have to look at that. Margaret Sanger was actually a racist who wanted to eliminate through population control uh, the black and other minorities or lesser members of the human community. And there's only one blood and one human race. Science says that Acts 17:26 in the Bible of one blood, God made all people. So we're not separate races. I have a great book with Ginger Howard, We're Not Colorblind, that uh, deals with some of these issues. And so through the years, there's been some indoctrination to control the population. And we are trying to get that fact and those facts and that information out because a lot of people don't understand it. Hmm.
0: Yeah, that makes yeah good points. Um, so people have argued that abortion choice policy helps minorities achieve equality and overcome historic obstacles facing the black community. How is that supposed to work? Do you agree or disagree with that logic?
1: I have a good friend, Frank Pavone, over at for Life, and he says you can't help the public by killing the public. My famous uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., says, "America will not end racism until America sees racism." Uh, Pavone and I, and many others in our work, have gone to Washington D.C., across the nation, and around the world, showing the world what he, what abortion really is. And so we say, people won't end abortion until people see abortion. People had no idea until the 3D ultrasounds and now the 4D and the, just the simple ones, the first ones, the little black and white ultrasounds, revealed a fully developing human being. My first pastor at Believers Bible Christian Church, where I've been over 30 years, he says, if it's not a baby, leave it there. Nothing will happen. And I said, wow, that is so profound. Is that not true? And so by showing people what abortion is, By reminding people human dignity, having the same human blood requires human dignity from the womb to the tomb and beyond is part of the effort uh, that we must join. And like I say, my question to the Congressional Black Caucus, along with other issues, abortion, not only abortion, why do we have to come back periodically to renew our voters' rights? Why don't you just give it to us into perpetuity as American people, regardless of skin color? Why are we working so hard when immigrants are coming across the line into our nation legally or illegally? Why are they getting other benefits that will help them to build and wealth and rebuild and do everything else? And you keep offering the black community abortions and birth control and transgender surgery. Can you not offer us something else, please?
0: Hmm. Thank you. Yeah, I really enjoy hearing your thoughts on each of these questions. the so next question I have is What is eugenics and is abortion choice policy aligned with eugenics?
1: Eugenics is just population control for various reasons with various methods. I remember there's a film, Alpha 21, and you can see it in entirety on YouTube, I think. But uh, the question was as birth control water. The, the Birth Control League, Sanger and her crew, uh, can we give uh, birth control water? to reduce the population in the poor and underprivileged communities? Can we give something called saltpeter? So let's just figure out ways to do that and control how many people are born in certain segments of the human population. You know, you don't need as many rich people. Let's have 10% uh, there's a 10% and another percent of very wealthy people. Then you have the people who will serve the wealthy people and then you go on down what's, into what's called low-hanging fruit. And let's clip some of that low-hanging fruit and get rid of it. So that's eugenics in a nutshell. Margaret Sanger, founder of Planned Parenthood, would go around and lecture to members of the Ku Klux Klan and tell them how to eliminate undesirables. And she said that uh, she compared uh, black people, Negroes at the time, to human weeds and useless eaters. So, uh, and other other mm. people too, because with the Aryan race, you'd have to have the blond hair, the blue eyes, and some other traits. And everybody else became less desirable, and you needed to control those numbers. That's what eugenics is.
0: Mm. So, who is Margaret Singer? And what is the Negro Project?
1: You'd have to look up Margaret Sanger, founder of the Birth Control League, which became Planned Parenthood. The Negro Project, uh, all that, some of those monies governmentally ended up in what's called Title 10. And so that's systemic racism within the government, different programs that are designed to, control certain segments of the population uh, there was a senator named Monahan and there's a Monahan report and Monahan was a Caucasian senator but he said you know you want you're gonna try to control undesirable parts of the population but it's going to spill over into your own communities at some point that's a law of unexpected outcomes so Sanger and associates who wanted to control uh, utopian uh, population so to speak, that is who Sanger is. And
0: then when it comes to the Negro Project. Oh, the project, Negro Project. I'm, yeah.
1: I'm sorry. The Negro Project okay. asked. A project that offered free or cost-effective birth control vasectomies to the men and uh, hysterectomies or tubal ligations and things like that to the women so that the blacks in America could become a credit to their race by not overpopulating their communities.
0: And I think part of the Negro Project was also the, uh, you know, the the pastors being hired or paid, and having having influence over what they were promoting to their congregations. Can you speak if if you yeah? Can you speak a little bit about that, perhaps? Well,
1: I'm paraphrasing that, uh, but Sega said that uh, we didn't want the word to get out, that we're trying to eliminate the black population. So we need to appeal to the pastors and their leaders, and they would be the ones to keep the more rebellious in line. The rebellious would be those who said, we're going to have our babies, and we don't need your help with vasectomies or uh, tubal ligations and all of that. We're going to have our babies. We're going to raise them. Uh, Later, with Title X, for example, And they would get the money, 501c3, and um, if you preach the Bible, they're going to take your 501c3 away, but go ahead and take this grant. And so what they did was say an abstinence was best, but pastor, we're going to give you condoms, pass those out to the children. And then mm-hmm. if they get pregnant, we'll give them a safe, legal, legal and rare uh, um, abortion. So when you had these kind of programs in place with scholarships to, black lawyers and pastors and doctors and teachers, along with that was attached, this agenda of population control.
0: Yeah. So abortion is sometimes compared to slavery. Is this a fair slash valid comparison? And please explain.
1: The baby in the womb is like a slave. It doesn't, is not able to say these are my rights I'm a United States citizen, for example, and I have a right to life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. So the slave could not claim that the slave was called uh, with the until the Dred Scott decision, and you'll have to look that out. We won't have time to discuss that. But a slave was counted as three fifths human. The child, people say, we well, we don't know if it's a human until it comes out. Well, yes, we do. So. Treating a baby in the womb by taking its life as if it were less than human it was just like treating a slave as if the slave was less than you.
0: Yeah, is it, in your opinion, is abortion more common among minorities?
1: Just by sheer numbers, not necessarily because minorities accounted as uh, in the black community about 13, 11 to thirteen percent of the population but sometimes less. So there are more abortions by sheer numbers in all the populations. But statistically and strategically, according to the smaller population, there are more numbers aborted in the black population. And so we are targeted. For example, almost a third of the abortions happen in the black community, but we're not a third of the population.
0: Is... Is, is race based abortion legal in the United States?
1: Abortion is legal in the United States from the womb to the tomb. Uh, well, from the womb until birth, not the womb until the tomb, excuse me. Abortion is legal.
2: Hmm.
0: Has, has abortion choice policy been overall more helpful or harmful for black people and black families?
1: I would say abortion is harmful to three people when a woman is pregnant, certainly to the child, sometimes to the physical body and the mind and the health of the mother and to the dignity of the dad. So abortion is harmful to three people
0: when there is a pregnancy. And some people argue that unequal outcomes prove that a policy slash practice is institutionally racist. In other words, if a policy hurts or helps one race slash ethnicity more than others, then that policy is racist. Along this train of thought is abortion choice policy an example of institutional racism.
1: Abortion privileges are institutionally provided. And when they are provided, they can end up in the death of an innocent human being. That in and of itself, to me, is unjust and unfair.
0: Some people call abortion in America a black genocide. Is this overstating um, or misrepresenting the case?
1: Abortion in America includes black genocide. Abortion in America includes black genocide, but it's not limited to black genocide. A baby is a baby, no matter what the ethnicity is, and no matter how small. A baby is a baby. So we are dealing with the issue of human dignity and human rights, and certainly the God ordained gift of life. I think I'm gonna to have to leave you in just a second.
0: Okay. we'll see if we, we've only got a few more. I'll see if how far we can get. Uh, was Martin Luther King Jr. pro-life, pro-choice, or something else?
1: Martin Luther King Jr. during his lifetime was a Christian preacher. And he said, the Negro cannot win if he's willing to sacrifice the futures of his children for immediate personal comfort and safety. During his lifetime, Martin Luther King Jr. did not agree with or sign off on abortion. So some people would say, well, he agreed with birth control to a certain extent. I'm sure he did. They had something called the rhythm method and condoms during those times. So he did write in several articles for, I think it was Jet or Ebony Magazine, and he recommended that people marry before they had children. And he also, during his lifetime, indicated that it's not just the woman who's involved in the pregnancy, but the father as well. So I would say that Martin Luther King was never an advocate for the abortion of the unborn babies.
0: All right, it's like we've got about five minutes maybe left, and I got four more questions. We'll see if we can get through them. Um, ab- abortion clinics predominate in black-slash-minority communities. Uh, what does this say about the abortion industry?
1: Abby Johnson in her writings and her movies has proven that Planned Parenthood targets black babies in the womb. And so we know that this is true, and we've seen evidence of it. There have been more abortion mills, I don't call them clinics because they kill people, in black communities statistically. So we know that blacks have been targeted by the abortion industry.
0: Some people claim that the biggest problem black families face is absent fathers. Others say that's a myth or that the bigger underlying problem is corruption slash racism in the justice system. More specifically, the justice system is targeting black men to pull them away from their families and put them in jail, effectively creating the new Jim Crow. Who's telling the truth here and how does this impact abortion rates in black homes?
1: Life is a multifaceted gift from God, and it includes fathers and mothers being married, together raising healthy children, of course. We need a strong economy. We need good education. We need a good work ethic. There are so many things we need. We need God, and we need truth and wisdom from heaven. So we cannot point to one aspect of the problem of life without holistically
0: approach approaching the issue um, black lives matter has raised mixed feelings among black people in america we can all grant that racism still exists and there's plenty of work still to be done to heal racial animosity to hold authorities accountable like police and courts etc and to address other race-based problems in america Nevertheless, BLM has also aligned with certain progressive and left-wing political causes, including abortion choice policy and dismantling the Western nuclear family. What exactly is BLM, and what are your thoughts on BLM in relation to family and abortion policy?
1: I won't have time to address what BLM is. Everybody will have to kind of look that up. But my answer to the Black Lives Matter organization has always been God's love matters. Human dignity is for everyone, for from the womb to the tomb and beyond. There's a Black Lives Matter organization that appears to have been created for financial gain. And you have to do the research to see that the Black Lives Matter movement has sought to make a point that there is racism designed specifically towards what we call uh, the black community, because I don't say people of color, everybody has color. So there's a difference between the organization and the movement. So my answer is always God's love matters from the womb to the tomb and beyond for human dignity for all.
0: Hmm, I like that. In your opinion... What's the biggest misconception that minorities tend to believe about abortion?
1: It's hard for me to say the biggest myth that black folks or anyone believes about abortion. Abortion is not a civil right. Abortion is a civil wrong. It takes the life of an innocent person. And what would you say
0: about racism and abortion that you are not asked about? This is the last question. So any final thoughts you might have?
1: There's one blood, one human race, from the womb to the tomb and beyond. We are going to have to do what my uncle, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, said. We must learn to live together as brothers or as sisters or perish together as fools. And an even stronger message comes from God. Choose life so that you and your future generations may live.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much for your time, your, your time Alveda. Uh, Before we wrap up, would you just say, close us up with a prayer for, yeah, would you just lead us in a prayer at the end here?
1: Okay, and you can reach me at alvedaking.com. I thank you for the opportunity. Father God, we thank you for an opportunity to address and clarify issues about life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness from the womb to the tomb and beyond. Tenderize our hearts so that we can embrace humanity with the love and hope of jesus christ in jesus name by the power of your holy spirit amen
0: amen Sponsors include Heritage House, Patriot Insurance,
2: and irapture.com.
0: The Pro-Life Team Podcast is a ministry of
1: irapture.com.
2: If you would like to explore making a donation or becoming a sponsor or have a recommendation for who would be a good guest on the podcast, please contact us at hello at